with your animation archaeologists, Jacob and Michael. Hey everybody, this is Back in Tunes. As you can tell, I'm not Michael. Yes, this is me, John. I have, uh, you've heard me a couple of times on, on the show, uh, Perfect Saturday Morning, but you've also heard me doing some of the Video Night podcasts, like the, the Star Trek ones, the uh, the James Bond, uh, James Bond cast, and I'm here, uh, taking over a little bit of Back in Tunes to talk to you guys about anime, since uh, Michael isn't really as familiar with it, and I've had a long history with uh, with the uh, genre. I kind of felt like I should I should be the one to take uh, take up the baton and run with it. And I've got with me one of my best friends in the world. Say hello to everybody, Johnny. Hey, hey, hey. thanks for having me aboard, buddy. Now this is a show that uh, we're not going to necessarily do deep dives into any particular show. It's kind of more a little more general discussion about uh, anime and it's uh, the different tropes. Now. We will go into a little more context with tropes and, yeah, maybe a little bit of history when we start talking about different shows. But for the most part, I think we're just going to have a nice, chill, relaxed discussion about a variety of different shows and hopefully give you some entertainment along the way. That's my hope. My hopes and dreams. Mine too. So that's a good thing. We're on the same page. Now, I guess the, the, quick, the first question we should probably start looking into is, in a sense, what is anime to us? You, uh, myself, and Johnny, as well as just kind of culturally, because you know we start you start hearing these terms, or and here's here's a throwback uh, throwback word, Japanimation. Oh yeah, I was just thinking that. That's that's one I used uh, a lot in the '90s. I guess it's the easiest way to describe anime because you say anime, and people at that time, especially, would be like, "What? What is that?" You know. But when you say it's Japanimation, it seemed to make more sense. And that's the thing. It was uh, we kind of had it in the 80s well even earlier than that in the 70s because we had cultural imports from japan like astro boy and uh, speed racer gachaman although that was uh, battle for the planets in america robotech which was the macross uh, macross series plus two other shows that were completely unrelated yet somehow (laughs) managed well okay let's be fair two of the shows fit together macross and uh, southern cross fit together well the third one not so much. I, I don't know if I've ever watched it all the way through the third series. Oh, it it's the oh god, I can't. I'm trying to remember what it is. It's like the the Robotech Masters or something like that. Yes, it, yes, it's god awful. It, it's terrible. <laughs> That's what you call uh, America, corporate America chomping into cartoons, Voltron style. Yeah, Voltron, which I've. Which I loved as a kid, and then when I finally got a chance to see the actual original show, it really changed the context of that show for me. I mean, <laughs> it did. It, it's it like, did. it's a, god damn, is, uh, is Go Lion a dark show? <laughs> it is. It was very much so. I, yeah, it, it, I've not seen, I've only seen snippets of Go Lion, but what I did see, I loved it actually. You know, and, and Voltron always felt out of place to me. I always wanted to love it. I always liked Voltron. There's just something cool about five robotic lions forming together. It's still cool to this day. However, there was something missing in that show. It just seemed too goofy. It didn't make any sense. 
but watching what I've seen of Go Lion, everything is just so much more cohesive as a story, and the characters were so much better. You know, I mean, it's still a little on the goofy side sometimes, but it's very different. They definitely took the storyline a little more serious, whereas Voltron was basically Ultraman with five robot lions. Exactly. Where it's just a formulaic storyline where it's just every episode is essentially the same thing. You didn't, re- you never <laughs> exactly. really had to. Yeah, you knew what was going to happen. Especially as soon as the blazing sword popped out, I was like, okay, I walk away from the TV because I know what happened. And with animation, with Japanese animation, uh, it kind of found its stride in the 90s where kids who grew up with Voltron and Robotech started getting older and they started importing more stuff. So we had Sailor Moon and, oh God, uh, Ronin Warriors was one that I remember watching. Bubblegum Crisis. Well, even then, I'm talking just on TV, just in general, like the stuff that we ended up... True. Just kind of getting these things. And yeah, as as time kind of went along, you know, yeah, Pokemon became a huge thing and all the... uh, the, those kids' shows of based around toys and games kind of became popular. And as that, as those kids start getting older, then all of a sudden it's what it is now where, you know, there's entire blocks on uh, Adult Swim just based around, you know, entire evening based around anime. Absolutely. Yeah, good old Dragon Ball. But yeah, it's like I'm, I'm of that old school mindset where it's, I remember when, uh, when the voice acting was bad and you either... You either dealt with it or you became a hardcore sub fanboy. Oh, yeah. And I re- the dub and sub wars, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yeah. I, it, I definitely want to start out saying, since I'm obviously new to the show and everything, hi, I'm Johnny again. Um, I have never been, I would say, a hardcore person in anime. And, you know, when you asked me to come do this, it, you know, it was a shoe in for me. Of course, I wanted to do something like this. But, you know, the topic in general... I've always been very casual. I've always uh, enjoyed probably more of the movie side of anime versus the series side of anime. And there's very few that have, you know, tickled my fancy that I enjoy, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But uh, but I was privy to a lot of the things that you're talking about. You know, it, it's I immediately was drawn into it. And, you know, I, I would buy magazines and stuff like that, you know, before the Internet was big. And... You know, I, I always loved those kind of those kind of things. And as an artist, uh, that's what drew me to Japanese animation and anime in general. Was it was the style of artwork and uh, a lot of times the more seriousness of the cartoons versus you know, you know, you, you're talking about you had Care Bears and, and Rainbow Bright, you know, and then you also had GI Joe and Transformers. And you know, to me, seeing GI Joe and Transformers, those were the cartoons I was drawn to because just the art style was very. Uh, they were they were they were drawn in Japan actually, so it made sense, and I understand why I was so attracted to them now. But uh, that immediately got me hooked into animation, and I just uh, Japan animation and anime in general. It's just something that I've always loved, and I'm not again not a hardcore guy, but I love it with a passion uh, for what I do love. That kind of comes to an idea of how I've asked, like, what would you say was your first? anime not necessarily i'm not talking yeah because you know like i said we watched robotech we saw all these shows as kids but it was never a conscious thing it was just a cartoon something that what was your first uh experience with anime knowing that oh this is japanese animation is this specific of genre sort of thing the one that is the most memorable for me and i want to say that there was something before it 
obviously it's not that important if it's not overshadowing this. But for me, it was in, I'll never forget, it was 1993 at work, a buddy of mine, uh, we would sit in his car uh, listening to uh, death metal. <laughs> and, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of death metal, but, you know, I make friends with lots of different people and I love people's styles. So we would sit in his car and we would listen to that and I always loved it. But he started telling me about this anime that I need to watch and he told me he was going to bring it the next day and he did and it was Ninja Scroll. Now, Ninja Scroll was, you know, and looking back on it now, you know, it's definitely not up there with like the greatest animes of all time. However, the animation style of it was just so beautiful to me and, you know, the very dark and serious tone of the action and the gore. Again, very light compared to other animes uh, in the world, but it was very new to me. It was very it was almost like seeing your very first action movie for the first time, you know. So in my head, uh, I'm seeing what I used to see as, you know, Transformers G.I. Joke type cartoons. Now all of a sudden I'm seeing more detailed stylistic animation with blood and gore and even sex. And it's like, wow, this really was like a maturity thing for me. I felt like I leveled up. So I think that was the one that had the most impact on me becoming a fan of the genre. And yeah, I I, I think uh, anyone who's uh, seen Ninja Scroll will disagree and say, "Wait, what do you mean it's not a classic? It's one of the greatest." Well, anime it's a classic. Of all time. Yeah, no, it's absolutely a classic. But but I mean, when you're comparing it to, you know, like a Studio Ghibli movie or something, you know, it's not like it's not a, a classy classic. You know, it, it's just it's like it's like us like watching one of our favorite act, '80s action movies. It's awesome and it's fantastic, but. As far as the film goes, you know, quality-wise, it was, it was yeah, it's story-wise. It is a little light on story, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it still, yeah, typical. it is still, a, it's still a balls-to-the-wall action film and such a great one. Uh, oh, for me, it. freshman year of high school ended up going to the anime club that our high school had because they were just starting one up. It was my first, well, I can think of it as being my first uh, conscious anime was uh, the Street Fighter Two movie. Okay, yeah. That really opened my eyes because it's and I you talk about kind of terrible story, yeah that kind of has a garbage, <laughs> very much a garbage non-existent story. But the animation in it is so beautiful, and it's one of those things where people will talk about anime and kind of like, oh yeah, it's cheap looking and stuff like that. In some cases, you feel like yeah, it's cheap. It's also heavily detailed when yeah. they when they're going for it. It there's you know. Yeah, you save off on uh, character, on maybe character design, but you make the backgrounds look so, you know, so beautiful. So you see this world that they present you, even right. if you have maybe not the most detailed of characters. But then again, I mean, exactly how detailed is uh, Mickey Mouse or any some of these other characters that we have? Exactly. You know? It's just anime has a shine. It's, it's in the, the way that they shadow the way that the lighting is put in on certain, you know, and the designs of the characters themselves just have a way of, I don't, it's, they're just cool, you know, and there's a reason why there's, we love them so much, you know, it's, I guess the aesthetic of anime is what really is special compared to other traditional animations. You know, in a way, it's almost like a blessing and a curse because there's times where I'm, I'm like, wow, I really wish there was a little bit more diversity, which I think we're starting to see that now, you know, more diversity in anime as far as you still have that style, but it's a little bit different. You know, people are taking chances and, and there's a, you're more of a distinguished anime style versus your standard, 
anime. I mean, there's just so much out there that's the same. I mean, yeah, there's there's always uh, there are different stylistic uh, different styles in anime. I mean, there's oh now I wish I had uh, names in front of me, but there's you know each there's many artists who have distinct styles. Akira Toriyama is is one. Uh, the lady Very who created. Yeah, who created Rama Half and uh, Inuyasha has a very distinct style. And it's, but you're right, there is kind of a quote-unquote house style to uh, to a lot of anime, in especially as uh, you go like from the 80s into the 90s, there's definitely a grand unification in, in that. And as we kind of get a little bit, started going into the 2000s and stuff, that's when people started making a little more stylistic liberties. Yes. As, uh, like, a good example would be Fooly Cooly, which really does not look like anything else, even though (laughs) it's, a lot of it's the same team behind uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. You have Evangelion, which is very much giant robot mech style anime, and then Fooly Cooly, which is everything. It's... Or uh, actually, even one that is a great uh, hodgepodge of styles, all all within the quote unquote anime over over style. It was Excel Saga, which was this parody anime almost, where really? every single episode was a parody of a different genre. So it's stylistically storyline, everything was just kind of like, okay, in this episode we are doing a Lupin style show. In this one we're doing. Uh, Galaxy, uh, Galaxy Express three nine space uh, space pirate Harlock all those, all those ones, <laughs> and it would just be kind of like every single little episode had a different different feel to it, and sometimes vastly vastly change just how the how the entire episode looked from like you know character designs and everything to uh, you know and then next episode all of a sudden it's just oh it's goofy romance comedy now right that's one that if I can find it I think I. I think I might actually bring that bring this one up to the show because that that'll be interesting to get your take on. Yeah, and speaking of that, I think it's probably good to let everybody know that you know, being somebody that is very casual with anime, I have there's a lot of anime that I've never experienced for one reason or the other. So, you know, coming on to this and deciding to work with you with this is kind of like a journey, uh, for lack of a better term, of me discovering some new anime. Uh, and things that I've never watched before that are really beloved by so many people. So I'm excited to see a lot of new things and experience a lot of these animes. I mean, there's so many from the 90s that I had wish I had, you know, watched. I definitely, I did watch uh, Evangelion. That was a good one. I love that. And I want to see it again in the original form. Because aren't they going on its second, third version or something like that now? Well, what they've got right now is... uh... They had the original series. Uh, they ended up re-releasing the last two episodes as two separate film. Well, I'm sorry, as one film. The other one was kind of a recap film. But basically, they the show ran out of money at the end of it. So the ending, I like it, but people kind of you're torn between uh, if you like the esoteric nature of the ending or not. Hmm. the The film ending is a is clearer, but it's also vastly different than what you would have thought the ending would be. And then they uh, went back and they started doing uh, four films that kind of first, first one is very much slavishly recounting like the first, I want to say six episodes of the show. And then it starts to deviate kind of where the manga went. So you have new different characters and different situations. And it's 
completely, you know, for my experiences, I've never really read a lot of the manga, the extras, the other mangas that exist, the alternate realities. It went off on a tangent that, you know, I was not familiar with. And as of right now, as far as I, as I know, they've never released the fourth film. It hasn't, hasn't come out yet. Okay. So, so it's kind of on this cliffhanger of, of an event and maybe one day we'll finally see what happens. Hmm, interesting. I think I saw one. I think I saw one of the, the movies. I remember, I remember the one where they were fighting all of the, the, I guess it was the, the man-made angels. Is that what it was? Oh, the, the, the white, the, the white. Yeah. With the big long necks and just mouths on the end and the wings. And they were, yeah, that was from, that was the end of Evangelion. The, uh, the movie that was the finale. Okay. Yeah, that and that's kind of why I'm I'm happy that Netflix is finally getting getting the rights to release release Evangelion because there's so many people out there who's ne- who've never seen it, and I hope that they don't redub it because I'm I'm very nostalgic for uh, overly whiny Shinji. <laughs> uh, oh, he's he truly is the worst. One of the worst things about the show is just kind of. You know, everyone complains about how emo and whiny he is, and he it is that you cannot distance that. But that's also part of the growth in the show. You have to deal with his whiny nature until he gets to the end and kind of starts to grow as a human being. And uh, I don't want to go too much further in because I do. I think I really want that to be our next episode. Is is watching Ava, or at least maybe not the entire thing, because. I think that's 26 episodes, but uh, try to at least watch most of it and kind of give people our takes on that show once we get uh, before it hits Netflix. Definitely looking forward to that. So we know I know Ninja Scroll is one of your favorites. What kind of other uh, anime that that you've seen that you really dig? Well, I would have to say well, that being probably the most prolific and as far as what I watched and changed me into the into the genre. The one that really solidified it for me was is Cowboy Bebop. Uh, it just scratches me right where I itch and everywhere. And well, that's not a terrible, didn't it? But it literally <laughs> such a great show. <laughs> it just it's the perfect blend of everything that I love, and not just anime, just as far as just movies in general. The the camaraderie of those characters, the humor, the action. The being in the future, but also being feeling like a Western at the same time, it just is an amazing show to me, and it just stands the test of time. And I think it there's a reason why so many people love it. And it's a very short series, you know. I mean, it is only 26 episodes long in one movie, and that and the movie well, is incredible is pretty, too. Oh yeah, which it's it's a shame that the movie wasn't a continuation of the series. Well, but it then at the same be. well. That is, de- you can always debate that because you don't necessarily, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but yeah. it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it, the ending, the ending is, can be open to interpretation. And I do feel that the, if the movie, since the movie set prior to the, to the last uh, couple of episodes, I like, I like when, when you leave something up, up in the air, but at the same time. With some characters, I really just want to know if uh, they have any adventures after this, after, you know, after the end of something. Yeah, I, I, I agree. But in, a, in the same venue, it's also kind of nice to have just an ending. You know, I think 
in a way, sometimes too many things go on and on and on until they burn out. I think it's better to go out when you're on top, when you're, you know, as far as being like a show or something creative. When you, when you go out yeah. that way, you know, you, you, you're always going to be remembered for how great you were and not like, oh, yeah, it was great up until, you know, season nine. And then, eh. you know, <laughs> it, that, that, that just happens every time. So, you know, and going back to what you're saying about 26 episodes actually being kind of long, I heard you start to say that. Yeah, I forgot that nowadays you're, we're only looking at like maybe 10 episodes, half that, you know, uh, it, well, it's, well, it's expensive. Not, not so much that it's long. It's that's that's actually fairly standard is usually have a run of 26 episodes and maybe uh, a little uh, OAV uh, prior to it or after it or something like that. You have mm-hmm. a little like a little direct to video series or something like that. Right. But usually if there's unless the show really, really catches, I guess, the zeitgeist usually just run like one series and then that's it. I mean, other shows run longer. Uh, Slayers has three goods, three good seasons and uh, two not so good seasons. Uh, Tenchi Muyo has what? One, two, three or four different TV series. And then about three and or four hundred movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dragon Ball Z ran forever. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, oh, Naruto. And so did yeah, Naruto, One Piece. A lot of these shows, you know, yeah, just kind of ran and kept running. Yep. And didn't stop running. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I believe Naruto, well, Naruto ended, obviously, and Baruto has picked up. It's, in my opinion, it's kind of continuing the saga. I mean, that show is just, it didn't have any pause, right? There, it just has continually made episodes since its inception. I'm not a Naruto expert, so correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, neither am I. Uh, but let's see, like, <laughs> with Cowboy Bebop, Cowboy Bebop is pr- probably, I don't want to say the most perfect anime ever, but it's pretty much the most perfect anime ever. Everything about it, I mean, even in the English dub, the English dub is phenomenal. The Japanese dub is amazing. The music is great. Care everything about it. It's that's the sort of that's the show that if I wanted to introduce someone to anime, that's really the one I would go with. Mm-hmm. And but was, granted, I mean, I was just gonna say. Oh, go ahead. Be, I, I'm. I would say I fall under the, uh, the the sub fan versus dub fan. But the only one, the only, and I think that's why it's probably my favorite series is Cowboy Bebop because I really prefer the dub version. It just seems more real to me. Um, and, but it was done so well, you know, you really just, you know, when the cast has a camaraderie as well, you, you feel it within the, the, you know, within the animation and just like a movie. And that is one of the best all around animes. Again, it's not just for the anime or the story, the characters, but it's, it's for that, that cast that they got for the narration. I mean, for the dubbing, it's just amazing to me. Steve Bloom, uh, I cannot remember the name who played Faye, but you know, just great characters. As I said, it's so it's so wonderful, and it is one I think I am I will bring to the table for this for this show. Only if only because we can just sit there and uh, lavish as much praise as we want on it. <laughs> and it's an easy know, one. Yeah, it, it's an easy show, but it's also interesting when you throw it into the context with a couple of other shows that have you know similar similar uh, contexts to mm-hmm. it, like the space what essentially space westerns. You can you can uh, find a couple of shows similar to that, and as 
phenomenal as Cowboy Bebop is, you start as you start taking into context of some of these other ones, you start either uh, feeling bad that other shows are not Cowboy Bebop or feeling amazed because around the same time that that you have this juggernaut of a show running, that some of these other ones are just as successful because they of what they bring to the table as well. Absolutely. I mean, I... One of the I, ones... Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, at the, when I started watching uh, Cowboy Bebop, I had read about it in a magazine first. And I was at the store, and I decided to buy the very first DVD just, just to buy it. And, uh, and I, I believe it was a Gamers Republic magazine that I was reading, and they always had uh, anime section because they've always did more than just video games. It was the same people that were actually behind the diehard gamers uh, game fan magazine back in the 90s where they always had you know anime reviews as well. These guys love video games and animes, especially Japanese stuff. So I was always drawn to Japanese stuff. Um, another reason why I like anime, but I remember reading about it and them just giving it all these praise. I'm like, what is this all about? And just the character styles just really drew me in. And I bought it, and I got that first one, and I remember just saving up my money and just getting every single one as quickly as I could, you know, to complete that series. And I was so upset that it, that it ended, and it was sad. It was actually one of the really first emotional type things I had with watching an anime. I was like, man, this is this really got me. So many good episodes, fun ones too. Yeah, it's it's a perfect blend of humor. It's got it's got the feels, and in a in a way that it's like tough you know tough he-man characters and then especially like with jet and then all of a sudden you get some like some of those jet episodes yeah and it's just you just all of a sudden you you feel so bad about stuff and it's like this well even ed this, you know uh it's you know ed was you know you're trying to figure out wait is this a is it a boy is it a girl <laughs> is she's is she's just obviously a little weirdo but there was so much more to her you know and and it really helped you to understand that you can't judge a book by its cover, you know, and there's always something, even in the most odd of people, you know, and I, and I think that's another reason why I like that, that show. It's just, they were really kind of a band of misfits in, in a lot of ways. And, and, you know, but like you said, you have like Spike could just switch from being Bruce Lee into just being a goofy guy that wants to eat noodles and he's lazy as all get out, you know? It's hilarious. Let's see. One of the uh, shows that I I absolutely adore, and this is a complete 180 from uh, from Cowboy Bebop, but it's the show, and this is one I definitely want to find a way to do on on the show here. Uh, it's called Kimagure Orange Road. Uh, mm, sounds interesting. It is basically it's a romantic comedy series. It's like it's it's pretty long. It's like 48 episodes. There's two movies like a bunch of oavs i think like six or eight of them but basically it's like this uh guy uh he's an esper and uh his his name is kiosuke he his family has moved to this town it's like their seventh move because his sisters who also have esp powers Mm -hmm. they they are really bad at keeping the secret (laughs) you know they they just constantly do things and use their powers and just kind of ruin it for the family so, you know, it's like their father has kind of made it so that because the father doesn't have any of the powers. It's the, their dead, long dead mother was the one who had it in the family. But he's kind of tired of moving and kind of wants to stay here. And as uh, it turns out, Kiyosuke ends up 
finding himself in a love triangle between the quote-unquote punk girl of of his school, a woman a girl named Madoka, and her uh, bubbly little uh, underclassman, uh, her best friend uh, Hikaru. So the Kyosuke loves loves Madoka, but is kind of with Hikaru. But you know, it's like he kind of doesn't really want to. But she's such a uh, she's so needy and stuff that she just kind of is constantly on him. And so it's just, you know, hijinks ensue, of course, because they have to. But it it is so, you know, it's like you want to talk about a show that has feels. There's, you know, again, romantic, romantic comedy nonsense, you know. Right. To, you know, you sit there like, yeah, yeah. It's once you get to the uh, f- the first film where everything kind of has to come to a head. They finally, you know, we're finally getting... Kiyosuke has to actually finally work out his feelings for everybody, and that movie is a punch to the gut. Mm. Like you, you leave that film, even though it's like people have kind, you know, everyone's kind of sorted, sorted some things out, and they're moving on. You just don't feel good at the end of it. It's like you should feel happy for for people and all that stuff, but no. <laughs> And then it, it took them like a decade to uh, get back to it, and then they, f- they released a uh, another film, the second film of this of the series that kind of fixes everything. Really, but there's also yeah, it, it uh, ev- the characters kind of come back together, and we we finally get some uh, some catharsis for things that happened in that first film. Okay, what was we that? also get to have time. We also have time travel antics, and that's that's always fun too. Hmm. What was the name of it again? Uh, it's Kimagure Orange Road, but like uh, with uh, with Cowboy Bebop, Orange Road has an amazing soundtrack. Like it's great early '80s J-pop. Hmm. It's it it's just like super catchy stuff, and it's one of one of the most geekiest things I could ever say. Is that I you know I've gone out and bought anime soundtracks. Okay. But specifically, a lot of these ones are from shows like this or Oh My Goddess, uh, things like that, which are like a little more of like the weird romancy pop sounds, because they're just so good. I mean, as great as like the the rock music in Bubblegum Crisis is, or the jazz in Cowboy Bebop, you know, it's there's something about about some of those songs that just you know they they get you. There's always some good music with Inuyasha as well. Without uh, bringing up once once more with Cowboy Bebop is uh, the Yoko Kano, the person who wrote most of the music. Although in with Bebop, it's with the band Seatbelts. Right. Said that big. She's essentially sound. yeah. She's essentially like the greatest uh, anime composer in my opinion. Like her music, uh, she did uh, one of my favorite ones is a show called Macross Plus, which has oh. kind of, which is a little that nineties. 90s uh pop but it's uh it's done kind of like future pop so it's very electronic oriented and stuff like that especially because it's set in the future and it's macross so it's it has to have good music to begin with but everything in that show i mean just the score in general is so perfect you have tracks that are very western cowboy-y because it's a show about test pilots. Right. These rival test pilots fighting over air supremacy as well as the love of the woman that they like and so on and so forth. So you have this AI computer program named Sharon Apple that's got this future pop music that's 
that's there and ultimately becomes mind control music. And you have the score, which has uh, weird, you know, some weird electro stuff, the the little guitar, you know, cowboy y type stuff. And it's just this cacophony of sound that this woman creates, and it's amazing. Then you look at, say, Vision of Escaflone, which has very orchestral stuff. And it's because it's a fantasy, but it's also kind of science fiction because you have mm-hmm. giant robots, because of course you do, it's anime. So, yeah, you have these. This She did the music for uh, the Ghost in the Shell standalone complex series. She, oh, okay. See that, I know. I understood that yeah, reference. It's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. The, don't worry, there'll be. There's definitely going to be stuff I'll be shoving at you and go like, this has Yoko Kato. Listen to it. <laughs> there's so there's so much great stuff out there. And part of it is, yeah, stuff that some of the stuff that I want to cover in this show are favorites of mine because either I have them, which makes it easy to share, or I can get I can find it easier. Or actually, in some cases, some of these things are actually available on Amazon Prime, Hulu, Netflix. I mean, we are able to actually see a good a good chunk of these things because at least there are avenues for us to check out. Right. But that that's kind of what I'm what I want to do with this. As I said before, it's we'll tr- if there are things to deep dive, we'll totally deep dive into them. There are shows like uh, uh, When They Cry and uh, oh heck, what was one of the other ones? Uh, there's like When They Cry is like. I think 26 episodes, but you don't necessarily have to watch all 26 to kind of get where they're going with it. And you were talking about violence and uh, things like that. Oh, uh, Magic of Madoka. There's there's a few of those out there that, yeah, you want to see Sailor uh, Sa- uh, Magical Girl series, not necessarily Sailor Moon, but a Magical Girl series made by someone who doesn't seem like they really like Magical Girls. Really? Yeah, we'll 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 cover that one. That that one has a v- very beautiful uh, style to it, where it's got kind of like a weird house style, but then they go into these uh, witches' realms, and they are completely like chaotically crazy art. Hmm. And then uh, and when did like, that when they cry? Is like the Twilight Zone. Uh, Magica Madoka was heck. I, I want to say. It was in the in the tens. I want to say it's like maybe fifteen, two thousand fourteen, fifteen, something like that. Okay, maybe okay. a little earlier. When they cry is probably around the same time, maybe like two thousand ten, something like that. I'm probably getting all the dates wrong. And anyone, anyone in the comments uh, want to correct me? Go for it. You know, in the um, around that time, you know, I would say maybe like two thousand ten, two thousand twelve. Uh, you know, not too long before you and I met, actually, I started to get back into anime again and watching animation because of, you know, Netflix, you know, being available on there. Uh, and Hulu was starting to really pour it on, too. You know, it, um, I started watching, uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of it, Corpse Princess. I actually like that one. Uh, have you ever seen that? I have not seen that one. But it's there's, interesting. there are a bunch of them. Yeah, there are a bunch of them that I have saved that I'm eventually going to get around to. It's, there's just... Way too many uh, animes out there that I really need to get around to. If, as I said, eventually I'll, I'll get to these things. Yeah, it, I do not have as much experience with anime as you do, of course. But it's uh, 
there's just so much out there to watch. And, and I think that, you know, I think my problem is I've been very, very snobbish in my own ways and my own desires of what I think I wanted to watch. Uh, and I, and I do blame a lot of that on like Cowboy Bebop and that'll be the last time I'll say that name for this conversation. <laughs> but, you know, I think I just kind of, if something, I, it has to be a very specific thing that really tickles me. And there's only been a few that have done that. I just can't, watch an anime just because uh, it's an anime and I have to watch every single one and see whether I like it or not. I just, I'm just not that kind of a person, but for this wanting to go, to go back and watch anime that I normally would not watch is going to be a fun thing, you know? And I know I'm going to discover a lot of stuff that, you know, I'm going to be kicking myself in the butt in hindsight, but you know, it's, there was one in particular record of Lotus war is one that I want to watch. I think I saw like the first episode or if it's even a movie. I can't remember. I want to say they're episodes, right? Um, yeah, it's a, there's two versions of it. Uh, I do want to cover that, uh, at least the OAV, the uh, the original series. It's like 13 episodes. That's what I want to cover. There is a TV show. I've seen most of it, but I never I never finished it. I it, It's one of those ones where I, it was back back in the day where, where we bought tapes, yeah, and I had, I had a, almost the whole collection, and it was funny because I started it in English. Here's 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 an interesting thing that kids won't remember, they won't know about. When we when we had VHS cassettes, and with with anime, if you would be able to tell the difference between your subs and your dubs because they would usually have different artwork. In the case of the Lotus War TV series ones, the English dub, if I remember right, was red. And then the subbed versions were blue. So I had like half the series in English and then the remaining part was was uh, in Japanese. So it's the same. It was the same art that went went amongst on the uh, on the sides of the tapes. But all of a sudden it's like red, 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 blue. (laughs) But yes, with the show, as I said, I don't want to do deep dives unless warranted. Like there's if it's a shorter series then yeah there's there's no reason why we can't why we can't fit like 10 episodes you know of a show into into our thing but it's also a way that if it's not something that you like you're not being forced to actually have like homework finish a show right see i see i get you to watch uh oh heck uh we're going to let's say we watch naruto let you know just just for just using that as an example and we get three episodes in and we both just kind of go, yeah, there's a good reason why we, we ne- neither one of us really watched this thing. <laughs> I would not want to want to keep going beyond, you know, maybe give it a couple more episodes to, to maybe finish, uh, as they would say in comic books an arc, but, uh, kind of, yeah, let it get a bit of a storyline done and then move on. Whereas, yeah, I wouldn't want to sit through that or, you know, yeah, there's there's just many shows out there that it's it may not appeal to either one of us because as much as I'm bringing shows to you, in some cases there are things that I know I've never seen, like with the Lotus War one. I know there's there was one on uh, I think I think it was Hulu, yeah, like Record of Grand uh, Grand Worst War or something like that. I want to take a look at. I have no idea what this show is. It could be complete and total trash, but. <laughs> It's, you know, if I'm going to do 
Lotus War, let's have another war that has a record to it. <laughs> and maybe and maybe we'll throw in Berserk just because it's Berserk. Yeah, are there are there any current shows that you you like now that are that are on right now? Like for me, uh, the one that kind of I would say I took a big hiatus from from anime up until like you know the yeah, the ten twelves around there, but I really didn't start watching a particular series again until I came across Attack on Titan. See, that's one. There's one that I don't particularly like. I've seen the whole first uh, first run of it, the first season, mm-hmm. and part of it is I'm not a big fan of the art style, mm-hmm. and part of me just kind of looks at it and thinks that it's kind of trying too hard to be graphic in its violence. Like, I mean, there's some twisted stuff, and I mean, you sit there and just go, oh, God, that's, oh, ah, you know, in the in, and that's in the right way sort of stuff. I mean, it's supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to have feels on, on, on how some of these things happen. But part of me look feels like they, it's like they're kind of trying a little too hard to go there. Like, the brutal violence, we'll go back to Evangelion, the brutal violence in Ava is kind of warranted because it's shocking because you're, when these, when these things happen, you're not expecting it. Or hell, the beginning of Elfenlied, right. where, where it's like, you know, just this massacre, this huge bloody massacre that you're not expecting. And then all of a sudden you get the, the 180 of, of our, of our little, uh, of our character being very innocent. And then, oh, just, just below the surface is, you know, is the demon inside. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I would say that, you know, about how you're describing everything and what you're saying Attack on Titan is, I would say it's pro- Attack on Titan is probably like the Game of Thrones of anime in a way. Like, you never know who's going to die, and when they usually does, it's, that is, it's brutal. That is true. It's it's a show where you're not really... You should never really get to like a character too much <laughs> yeah. because they'll probably die. Yeah, you know, and it's or, or almost die and just drive you crazy. I mean, th- I would say the second season of Attack on Titan was much better than the first. You know, the second season didn't pick up until about halfway through, honestly. And then and then I felt it left on a great, you know, I was very excited for number 2. You know, and then I was very excited for number 3 and 3 so far uh, I have a lot to catch up on, actually, because it took a long time for it to come out, first of all. And then when it did finally come out, I was kind of wrapped up in so many things that I just didn't have time to sit down and catch it as every episode was dropping. But it uh, it's it slowed down again, you know, and it's not as interesting. I don't know. Maybe I've just lost my Attack on Titan flame for a little bit, but I don't know. But well, it does, good show, though. It, that does happen. It does happen because... The longer a show goes, the uh, the more more likely it is to stagnate a bit. I mean, heck, I think it's Bleach, if I remember right, has an entire season of the show because it, it was trying to follow the, the manga, and the 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 comics got stalled or there was something, something was going on with that, and so the show needed to fill in, and so. There's like I guess an entire season of the show that's basically just a fill-in season, mm. or or if it's not a season, it's at least a story arc of some kind. I mean, Dra- Dragon Ball Z had that too. You know, you get too far ahead of the story. At some point, you gotta make up your own stuff. Yeah, that is true. 
And, and Attack on Titan is also, you know, following a manga, and it's, you know, later as it has gone on, I, I've gone privy to some of the manga, and I kind of know what what's going to happen. And I think I started doing that because when season three was announced, it was announced like it was like going to be a whole year away or another year before they even did anything. And it was like, oh no, uh, that's, that's a long time to wait when you're taking in anime, especially these days. But yeah, well, I mean, these days you got, if you got crunchy rule, you can see these things as they get broadcast. Yeah, true. What is your experience with crunchy roll versus Funimation? I believe Funimation, they probably, they're kind of like, the biggest hand in anime right now, I'd imagine, right? Yeah, as far as I haven't used, I haven't, haven't done anything with Funimation's at least their their app, their site. I haven't done anything on that one. I have used Crunchyroll a little bit, but part of it is I've you know it's like when I started using Crunchyroll, it was when I was kind of building myself back up. So it was kind of like I'm sitting there staring, going, I know not anything that you are saying here. <laughs> what is this? You know, it, a, lot, a lot of the titles weren't familiar, and so for me right now, Hulu's been been the thing I've really watched a lot of my stuff on, for at least for new stuff. Like Netflix, Netflix has been good, good for a start. But once I got Hulu, I loaded that whole thing up with all their anime. Like the most recent one I ended up seeing was, uh, "Is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon?" Which <laughs> that one that is that's silly that. Also, not a good ending because it stops as opposed to finds a nice settling point. Mm-hmm. It's like you can tell that there's more story to come as long as they get around to actually making that story. It's fun. I enjoyed it a lot. And what was nice is it kind of gave us it gave the option for both dubs and subs. But, you know, it's like, yeah, 13 episodes without a conclusion. Oh. So Evangelion is where we're going to go first. Yeah, definitely Evangelion. I mean, we're we're definitely going to look at uh, at some of the genres out there. You know, we'll have well, like little space shows. I I know I want to talk about uh, Macross versus uh, versus Gundam. Mm. Now we could either now that could either be done with the actual original shows. Actually, watch old Macross and old Gundam. That just kind of I know I can get Macross easily. I'm not sure about Gundam. I have to look that up. I want to. S- otherwise, I was going to say. Otherwise, I want to. I'll go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to say that I believe there's a lot of Gundam on Hulu. I thought, or maybe it's been a while since I've seen it. There are, there are Gundam ones, but not, not the actual original Gundam series. Because oh, okay. that's I would either want to do the original shows mm-hmm. and compare them, or, in a sense, I might want to say we should watch at least the the best, what I feel is the best examples of both, which would be Gundam Wing and Macross Plus. Okay. Because that's, I think, both both series running 100%, everything about both of those shows are good. Mm. I do, between the two shows, I fall into the Macross camp. Sorry, everybody, Macross is better. <laughs> it's about how art, it's about how art and culture can triumph over over war and violence, whereas Gundam is all about political, uh, political strife and, and the wars. True. You know, yes. True. How 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 war is gray? You know, there's not necessarily good and evil in war because there's a little bit more to it than that. We there are, at the same time we can also sit there and go like, yes, there are usually sides that are far worse than the other side too. True. But in many conflicts, you can't always draw that fine line between the two. 
and that's where Gundam kind of fits in is that it's the politics of war as well as as the grayness of it whereas again like I said Macross is how art and culture can in, can bring us all together right and I'm kind of and I'm an artsy fartsy person so <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say I am also drawn to Macross more than than Gundam and you know, I think my approach to anime has always been over visual versus, you know, uh, the like writing and, and, and story because I'm an artist. So being an artist, I look for art that I'm that I want to be a part of, you know, and it's something that inspires me to draw is something that that's how I get pulled in first. And then I pick up all the other stuff along the way. So I think that's part of my problem when it comes to anime is that, you know, like Gundam is is looks amazing to me, but it doesn't look as cool as Macross, <laughs> you know. And so, but the stories that yeah. you're talking about, you know, are very, very, very different. And I've always found Gundam just boring. Anything that I have seen of it, I found it very boring. Whereas I I enjoyed Macross much, much more. We do have a, also a little bit of that nostalgia factor again because of Robotech. Correct. We we've seen Macross before. Right. And that's that's that show that when we're kids they killed a dude. That and it wasn't. You know what? That you know, uh, screw Optimus Prime. That was my first animation death that struck a chord with me, because I love that show. And even though wasn't it like the first or second episode or third episode, you know, it, it's a little ways in. But yeah, it's that Roy's death is just like you go like. Holy shit! They killed it, dude. Yeah, on no, a it, kid show. It meant it meant something. It was it was like wow, you know, that was a big deal. And I actually, and what's crazy is that that character in general, just the beginning, he was cool to me. I was like, I like this guy. This guy is cool. Like, I was, I'm, I'm I was a Roy Fokker guy, you know. <laughs> Fuck the other guy. <laughs> yeah, he's he was the he was the cool big brother. Yes, we're kind of dealing with. We have our little whiny, uh, our little Rick whiny Hunter. hero, but yeah, but you know, yeah, Roy was the was the guy who was in charge, and he was going to lead. And if anything happened, he would of course be the guy who'd run the Macross ship at the end of it. Yeah, of course he would. He, he'd be the guy in the last minute, all bloodied up, flying in with the last last bit of uh, gasoline and bullets, and brrr, take out the bad guy for you. But nope, they took him out pretty quick, and it was like it was, and of all things, it was a. Uh, Wait, was it a battle? I can't remember. Well, yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. He dies in he dies in one of the battles. It was an attack, yeah. But with that, I think we I think we've got ourselves a uh, a good show lined up, and I can't wait for the next one of these. Me too. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here, and good night, everybody. Good night.